Blondes with glasses, they can't sing. Blondes with glasses, let's do this podcast thing. Hi, Becca. <laughs> there was a little bit of a delay. Hello. That's okay. We'll deal with it. It's going to be fine. Oh, God. Oh, my God. We are both sweating our faces off. Yep. In two different hot places. Okay, for the listeners, I think this is going to be, this podcast is going to be such a great record of all of the different places Shannon can live <laughs> within a year. Yeah. Because Shannon is no longer in Vermont. No. Nope. She's also no longer in Pennsylvania yeah. either. She was there for like one day when we yep. recorded last. <laughs> and then she's now in New York City. Yeah. She's living there for a month to less than a month. Two and a half weeks, three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna be in Boston this weekend. <laughs> wow. You're such a you're such a globetrotter, and this also will be a record of all the places I don't go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you're experiencing the same heat wave that I am currently experiencing. It might not actually be a heat wave yet, but it feels like it because it might nice. just be August. It might be August, but it's 90 deg- degrees today, so if it's 90 degrees tomorrow, that'll be a heat wave three days in a row. Um, yeah. I know how that works. That is how it works. So. Well, tomorrow I'm going to much, well, no, thir- Friday I'll be in a much cooler place. Tomorrow I'm going to Salt Lake City, and apparently it's the same temperature. Wait, you're going to Salt Lake City? Yeah, and then we're driving five hours to Jackson. Oh, to the wedding. Wyoming. To the wedding. Yes, oh, it's this weekend. That's lovely. Oh, what a nice, yeah. nice place for a wedding. It's so much better than New it's York. gonna be. <laughs> gonna be gorgeous. It's also gonna get down to like the low thirties at, at night. Oh my god. So I'm not prepared, and I'm like I I just know I'm gonna overpack like crazy because yeah. like I have to pack for so many different situations. It's yes, it's gonna be ridiculous. Just, like I still don't understand what this dinner float raft trip is. <laughs> what is the wait? <laughs> like on a river rafting on a lake oh they were like a float like it literally it could be like basically a glorified piece of wood that we all stand on and like say hello or it could be like mm. a big boat or it could be an inflatable raft like it's so unclear <laughs> and they're like prepare for some maybe some splashing it was like what i don't understand it's 65 <laughs> degrees outside there <laughs> Uh, I did, today when I was on the subway and dying of extreme heat, I looked at the weather app and I saw that it was 53 degrees in Ireland right now. Oh. (laughs) And I was so upset. (laughs) Uh, yeah, and then I fainted. No, I'm just kidding. I did not faint. (laughs) Um. Well, I, I have something, I, like, wrote a little paragraph for you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This sounds very misleading. But, Okay. So, months ago, you recommended that I watch Pride. Yes. And so I finally got around to watching it. I watched it the other night. All right. And I loved it. I loved it so much. But I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was trying to go to sleep. And I was like, ugh, just write it down. And then you can go to sleep. So I wrote down, like, a whole paragraph to read to you. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. And I think it ties into... Our topic today, actually, I think it oh. sort of seamlessly perfect. We can, we can transition into our topic. Start us off. Here we go. Okay, so I had texted you, but you never responded to the text about this, so I assumed that you just didn't get it. But I texted you that I was watching Pride and like weeping because all the the minors showed up for Gay Pride. I did not get that text message. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
I must have been on but, the subway. Uh, but but that's the point in which I lost it. Like I was I was enjoying the movie and it was very nice and very cute, and sweet, and I liked it. And then they're having gay pride, and then all the miners mm-hmm. come in their buses, and I literally was like, <gasps> like. <laughs> I lost it, and I was like, oh my god, I know this feeling, I felt this feeling before. Okay, so, this little essay, (laughs) it's like a paragraph, why I lost it when the minor showed up to gay pride. Oh my god. Okay, so what happens, you don't realize how much shame you've internalized and how much of your identity you push aside to make others comfortable, preemptively, most of the time. You dismiss it, you distance yourself, and that's why pride is the most amazing thing. Saying it out loud, this is who I am, and I love it, and you should too. To have someone, particularly people with more power, see you and say, yes, you should be proud. I see you, you are valid. Your existence is valid. You are just as human as the rest of us, and you are equal. And that's why I'm always caught off guard by how strongly these moments get to me. I never think about all the little ways I make myself smaller and less visible, the ways I feel like I'm making others uncomfortable with my appearance, how leaving the house can feel transgressive, how using public restroom feels stressful, and when someone with power says, no, you don't need to apologize, don't adapt for us, we will adapt for you, it gets me every time, I get choked up, I get overwhelmed because I never think about how many times a day I feel the need to change fundamental aspects of who I am. When told I don't have to, it's like a weight lifted from my chest, and for a moment I'm overwhelmed by the inrush of air. Oh my god. <laughs> so, because I realized that that feeling when the when the miners showed up was the exact feeling I had when, like, President Obama said he supported gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, when, like, DOMA is repealed. Like, when things like that happen, I feel the exact same feeling that yeah. I felt when I watched Pride. And I couldn't really quantify it until now. And we, because like we had been talking about this topic that we're going to do, which is like this culture, this like women's safety and this culture of worrying about your appearance and worrying about how the world will perceive you and feeling unsafe in the world. And then, mm-hmm. yeah. But in Pride, it just had that moment where it was like, no, it's okay. Like, you can yeah. exist in this world. We're okay with it. <laughs> I loved your little paragraph. I think you should publish that somewhere <laughs> on Tumblr, probably. I mean, that's just, I think that's exactly sort of puts into words how I've been feeling. Because I, I sort of, I think we talked about this topic before, and then I resubmitted it when I moved up here for the couple weeks because I've been, mm-hmm. go, like, I've been running like I was doing in Vermont, but I feel like so different when I go on runs in New York City. And, mm-hmm. and it's also, like, that's just adding fuel to the fire of just being, like, a young woman walking around in New York City. And mm-hmm. I couldn't really explain it, because I think I just texted you earlier today, and I was like, I wrote down a whole bunch of stuff, but I don't know if I'm done, and I just feel like I'm uncomfortable being a woman right now. <laughs> and that was basically, I think, like, the end result of all of my research today and everything, when I was just looking around, and I was like, I just think, like where I am in this moment I just am unhappy with how the world is treating me mm-hmm. and it's just because I'm female yeah 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 well I because I immediately think when I think of like catcalling and stuff I think back to my own experience and I realize that I don't think in my life I have ever been catcalled really which is 
kind of crazy, but makes sense because I don't, <laughs> I don't look like a stereotypical woman. I get yeah. called sir a lot, so I don't have that experience. I totally understand that experience, but basically today I I called Julie and I said, "Tell me your experiences." And so because she's lived in so many different places, she lived in New York mm-hmm. for a year. She lived in San Francisco. She lived in Italy. She lived. She's living in Minneapolis. You know. She lived in Chicago for a time, and so I asked her, and she, like, sort of talked about how, like, New York, it was the most, like, things that she would get were really, like, sexual mm-hmm. and very aggressive, and the men were always, like, pretty much sober, versus San Francisco, where if anyone catcalled her or said something to her, it was mostly, like, she was, like, they were drug addicts. <laughs> like, they were not sober at the time mm-hmm. apparently in minneapolis when she walks around downtown what she hears most of the time is marry me and are you <laughs> single and do you have a boyfriend would they just like come up to her out of the blue and then she said when she spent time in chicago she doesn't really remember an instance where it happened at all wow which is crazy so it's just so interesting to think that like it's so different based on place and then she talked about italy and how Italy was the most horrifying, basically, and mm-hmm. how as much as she loves so much of Italy, she has no desire to go back because it was such a, it's such a terrifying experience to be a woman in Italy. Yeah. And she was t- talking about how, like, it's uh, street harassment is, like, totally legal as long as they don't touch you. Yeah. And then, and it's, it's even part if you of the complain to the police, yeah, the police will join in sometimes mm-hmm. and stuff, and, and she just had... She's had guys follow her for a mile and a half, just whispering threats into her ear. Like, she's had some guy ask for directions and then start masturbating in front of her. Um, oh, God. Yeah, and she said that she was just constantly monitoring what she looked like and how she appeared to the world. And mm-hmm. Every time she left the house, it was... There's this level of stress that you have when you leave the house. And to some extent, I had that with my weird gender appearance you know (laughs) I get a different it's not cat calling I have a different uh, unsafeness that I feel Mm -hmm. but it's just it's just not that it's just so much easier for me honestly like yes I feel uncomfortable using public restrooms and I don't I'm not a big fan of being called sir but at the end of the day like no one's threatening me no Mm -hmm. one is yelling sexual things at me like I'm so lucky yeah it's interesting because the other day, so they have like street sweeping schedules here, and so you you have to move your car basically every day of the week, not mm-hmm. on the weekends, but during the week. And so I I went for a run the other day. I was feeling uncomfortable while running, and then I came upstairs and I took a shower, and I was like, oh, I have to go move my car before tomorrow, so I'll go do it now. And I basically was in my pajamas. Or whatever I'm wearing for pajamas in this heat wave. So it was like a tank top and like jersey, you know, basketball shorts. And I was like, mm-hmm. can I go move my car or do I have to put on a bra and a shirt, like a proper shirt, <laughs> to go move my car? Because it's literally mm-hmm. on my block and I have to move it mm-hmm. one block over. And I was like, can mm-hmm. I make it without putting on a bra? And I sat there for a minute, and I thought about it, and I was like, I'll take my chance with this. And I did, and nothing happened, and it was totally fine. And, you know, I was just walking down the street braless, but I was like, I 
never want to do that again because I felt like <laughs> I was every person I was passing, I was like, this is it. This is the person that's going to yell at me. This is the person that's going to like grab me, whatever happens. And it's, I don't know why it's just like, mm-hmm. maybe it's after living in Vermont, Vermont for a whole summer and being like so alone and with friends the whole time. And I mean, mm-hmm. I was catcalled in Vermont twice, so it's not like <laughs> out of the question that like, it's not like it's never happened before. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm scared of New York city. It's just like, I think there's so many more opportunities to come across people that don't have your best interest at heart <laughs> and so like I'm, yeah. even, I'm even wary of women in New York sometimes because like because the like men on generally are so scary to me in New York even the <laughs> women sometimes are very scary to me like somebody asked me for directions yes like yesterday and she was clearly had been crying and was confused about the subway and I tried to help her and I was like I should be, like I should stop and be like, are you okay? What Do you need help? And I was like, what if this is all a cool trick and she's trying to get money from me or she's going to, like, lead me away and rob me? And so then she just walked away and I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I want to help you, but I'm so scared to help you in this environment. And, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I just think that there's, like, so many more sets of eyes in New York City. And it is, like, it's so anonymous because there are so many people yeah. people can it's, get away it's with it's so everything. densely populated it's yeah. crazy there's just so many people <sighs> also to add to this i've been watching a lot of law and order seu <laughs> yes me too yeah because they just I, have a lot, I feel like i have a lot of thoughts on about it. svu you do okay talk to me about that because i also have a lot of thoughts well i just each episode i watch I just keep thinking about how... I mean, I watched this... It started in 99, the show. Yeah, and I, 17 I'm years. pretty sure... Yeah. I'm pretty sure I watched it since I was... in I, Probably even before high school. Probably like 8th grade, I feel like I started watching mm-hmm. SVU. Which is kind of crazy, because it's so graphic. Yeah. <laughs> like that show. The things they say is insane. But, but I feel like it... For... It, it really helped me form like a worldview at, at like a young age I feel like Olivia Benson telling us like rape is not okay mm-hmm. you know for the last 17 years of our lives is such a huge deal and sometimes yeah. they do they don't necessarily get everything right they're not like a hundred percent like perfect all the time and then they, they always have you know a couple detectives who take one stance and a couple who don't or whatever mm-hmm. And it makes it seem a lot more ambiguous than it is. But for the most part, Olivia Benson always is like, we believe victim, period. And it's just so huge that there is this massive show that has like, that is a cultural icon at this point, that has basically taught people, you know, what rape culture looks like and how victims can get blamed all the time and things like that. And it's... It's done so much to inform us about that. And I, I think, ultimately, it's just... It's amazing the impact that that show has had on my life, I feel like. Yeah, me too. And I I noticed yesterday, I was watching the episode, and they all come in and they say, we're with SVU. And it's they're talking to... It's the episode where there's, like, a measles outbreak. <laughs> and, <laughs> and 
they just say we're with SVU and everybody's like, why are the cops getting involved and everything? And they never have to explain who SVU is. And I was like, yeah, this is like a self-fulfilling thing because everybody knew, knows who SVU is because of this show. Like this show put a spotlight mm-hmm. on all of these crimes that you usually would like in the nineties, people would be like, Oh, marital rape. That's, the, that's a thing. That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, of course that's a thing. And, and the, it's not saying like that this show is the only reason people know things now, but it's yeah. it has been on for seventeen years, which I didn't realize until today because I was looking <laughs> it up. And yesterday, the New York Daily News uh, announced that they did a poll, and they're not really reliable, <laughs> but, but they yeah. they did a poll of their readership, which is a lot of New York, and they uh, it was like who's the best, fe- who's your favorite female character on TV, and. Olivia Benson won. She won. And awesome. they, like, interviewed Mariska Hargitay. And Hargitay. Sorry, I was just <laughs> to get that. Anyway, um, they interviewed her about it. And she was like, oh, this is great. And she was talking about it as if she had won, like, the presidential election. It was super cute. But then she, <laughs> she got super serious after that. She was like, I have it. I wrote it down. It's, she is a strong, dedicated, and fierce advocate for justice. She has a moral strong moral compass she is the mother the lioness and the heroine we would all want fighting on our behalf which is so true like, so true so true it's like what would olivia benson do you know mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah, i love it okay but yeah. I, I do have a question off of that which is how do you feel about the episodes especially in like season 15 when she was in danger because was that the same season or previous season where there was this storyline about how uh, porn stash from Orange is the New Black was like captured her and was threatening to rape her mm. and then there was also the subplot where she went undercover to a prison and was almost mm-hmm. raped and Finn saved her at the last second so it's like how do you feel about her and her moral compass and everything when she is the one in danger do you think it's more present or do you think it's like they're hurting their greatest character for no reason or I don't know. I think it's tough because when you have a show that goes on for so long, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's just, it's a very easy thing to do is you take a character everyone loves, put them in danger, and then instantly people care or whatever. But when a show keeps going, it's like, they kind of want to employ that trope again and again Mm -hmm. and pretty soon you find out that like every person on that staff like every every character has had some tragic backstory or some (laughs) crazy thing happened to them like I don't know if you've seen the episode yet where Rollins like confronts her former boss oh yes yeah yeah yeah. so it's like she is revealed to be a survivor Mm -hmm. as well and so it's just like, oh, everyone, yeah. like, every woman in this department, well, two of them, <laughs> it's, it's tough to see, yeah, like, that violence inflicted upon mm-hmm. your hero, or whatever, of the show who's supposed to be fighting against it, but mm-hmm. most of the time, I think it's very effective. That prison episode mm-hmm. is a great episode. Like, it was terrifying yeah I think and it, it just it was like perfect but Emmys. yeah I just it's just tough when they do it 
more than once. Yeah. You know? Like, you can do it once, and it's amazing. And, like, pe- people have the one horrible tragedy in their lives. It's so rare that you have more more than two. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's true. Like, something, yeah, something like that. And she's already, she already has, you know, like, so much <laughs> Her own personal backstory that's awful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's, it is a shame, but I think if that's the cost of continuing the show, I think it's yeah. okay. Because it's very similar. I was also thinking about um, how, like, we were taught when we were young to feel this way as well. And so I was thinking of shows that I watched growing up so one of the ones that came to mind was Degrassi. And I think Degrassi mm-hmm. has the same exact thing that SVU does, which is there's a limited cast of characters. After a while, you're bound to have somebody Everything pop up with them. <laughs> yeah, like everybody's going to experience all the worst things because you yeah. run out of people. <laughs> so yeah. it's, yeah, so it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I was thinking about how uh, Terry was... a abused by her boyfriend Rick who was the one that shot up the school and made Drake paralyzed and everything and it's just like Terry was also somebody that struggled with weight issues even though she was a plus size model and like so Terry was like this character that had so much like she had so much pain in her life but she was also like a great character because she was super body positive and everything and so I don't know I was just thinking about other shows that we watched when we were young, so like Boy Meets World, the episode when the boys dress up as girls and they experience Ugh. what it's like, and Sean... That's such a good episode. such a good episode. <laughs> Which is modeled after a real-life thing, you know, like when mm-hmm. uh, Gloria Steinem went undercover as a Playboy bunny. And um, there are very special episodes of Full House and Lizzie McGuire, you know, That's So Raven, mm-hmm. about eating disorders and stuff, and and just, like, you know, friends in trouble when you realize that your friends have abusive parents or or just... But I was trying to figure out if it's targeted more towards female viewership. If there are very special episodes that teach young girls to be careful and instead of young boys mm. to be respectful. Because... I, I would argue that that is the majority of it. Yeah. It, it's, it's... Watch out, Stranger Danger, or danger just period of people mm-hmm. in your life people you love authority figures you know whatever don't trust them instead of saying like hey treat women with respect like listen yeah. when they say no like the yeah because the bad things happen it's the protagonists where the bad things happen to them mm-hmm. it's not like you're watching your favorite character you're not like watching drake like struggle with learning what consent is <laughs> you <Right>. know <laughs> like because then he wouldn't be your hero or whatever right but he yeah it's just yeah which i think would be so compelling is to watch your favorite character or whatever struggle to learn something and realize that they're they have like deeply ingrained terrible things or whatever and then mm-hmm. they learn and then they're the surrogate for the audience and the audience learns yeah well i do think Degrassi did that a little bit like I'm trying to think of a female example but there was right right around the time I stopped watching they introduced a new gay character because Marco had left and you know they have to have a quota mm-hmm. of at least one gay character <laughs> so yeah, yeah. They, they introduced uh, Riley who was like a football player and it was it seemed like right out of glee honestly it was it was 
I'm pretty sure the character on Glee was called Riley, too. Really? (laughs) But Riley in Degrassi was super homophobic. And I think there was another gay character in the show at that time. And he, he was a bully to this character. And after, like, half a season, you figure out it's because he was suppressing his personal feelings as being gay as well. And so over time, you know, he figured it out and had anger management and everything and and got over it. But it was it was definitely like a thing where it was like the strong, athletic, aggressive boy learns that he doesn't have to hide his true self and his feelings and he can be gay and it's okay. And you know, Degrassi's a really simple version of it, but I think the next step up is Glee where you know, it's packaged, it's, it's packaged the exact same way. Like people always had a big problem with Glee for being like message of the week, very special episodes, yeah. like no texting and driving or you'll get into a car accident. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's the exact same thing as Degrassi. And you know, that continues as well into shows like Grey's Anatomy. They still have storylines like that every once in a while. And I don't know. Yeah. I think a lot of those big shows are, are very soapy, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I think there's definitely an appeal to that. You just have to acknowledge that that's what you're watching. Like, acknowledge that Downton Abbey is a soap. It's not like a period drama that deserves an Emmy. It's like, yeah. a, 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 it's a ridiculous soap that is entertaining but dumb. I actually have a great quote about soaps. <laughs> because, oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah, they're perfect because there was this article I read from Salon and it was talking about how SVU is not the greatest because of how they don't deal with like aftermath and recovery. It's just like a barrage mm. of, of victims, basically, or survivors. Yeah. And so Salon was saying... Um, and if men struggle with it, women struggle with it too. The story of soap operas and Lifetime movies is overall the story of women attempting to come to terms with the fact that that which they love is always capable of violating them. Women's television offers either redemption for the abuser or an open and shut justice via Olivia Benson in SVU. Neither happens with any notable frequency in real life. Rapists keep raping with premeditation and without recourse, and we can barely admit it to ourselves. Wow. Which, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, hard to hear. It's so <laughs> true, though. It's but, so true. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. I don't know. It's true. We never we never see people really dealing with anything. Really. I mean, rape, most egregiously, we never see them dealing with. But mm-hmm. even other things, you know, it's just... And with SVU, it is for the most part wrapped up by the end of the episode they find the guy or whatever they they get him on something whatever because they're so earnest and they keep trying so hard and everything happens so fast they'll solve a case in a week and they'll get dna back within like a day three hours or something like it's crazy we just got the dna back it's like you're wearing the same clothes like what (laughs) that's impossible yeah but like it's just this beautiful illusion of okay well we got the guy Mm -hmm. so what are you upset about? <laughs> yeah. Sort of thing. Like, never think about this person again. I do think that, I mean, people pick up on little things buried, embedded within the show, though. So I think that mm-hmm. there are moments where they talk about, you know, how if you survived the attack, you can survive the trial, and, you know, you can stand up to, to your um, abuser and stuff like that. And I think that 
those tiny messages buried within the episodes actually help rather than hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you might take from it that, like, they can get DNA back in a minute and they should they yeah. solve every case, even though in real life they only, you know, only 2% of cases that go to trial are actually, you know, successful and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. You can take that, all, like, the misinformation from the the episodes, but you can also take some good advice as well. And I think, and even just like seeing a strong character like Olivia Benson mm-hmm. is good enough. Like, I'll yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> like, yeah, a female driven show for seventeen years. That's good. I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> yeah, and I mean they do have times where they she goes she still goes to therapy or whatever mm-hmm. and she like recommends it to others and stuff and she's saying like how it's an ongoing process and they do address that in, in little ways and so i think but yeah it is great just like just this idea that we have this like superhero basically on tv who is a woman fighting for other women it, it's amazing and i hope the show lasts forever <laughs> Me too. and i i a couple years ago i feel like i was like oh it's Stabler's left. Like that's what I people. said. They changed yeah. the lighting. Like, what's the deal with this show? Like, I, I like, can it really keep going on? How many more cases are there? And then I got back into it, and I was like, I love this show. Like yep. the rip from the headlines. Like this yes. can go on forever. Like I want to watch an episode about every cultural happening. <laughs> yes, that's the other thing. Is I think the rip from the headlines things are like very much oriented towards like getting people to watch the episodes because you want to see what happened between Solange Knowles and uh, Jay-Z or whatever in the elevator. But at the same time, I think those are great ways to get people to watch a show that is about like women helping women and empowerment and like, and all of these topics, like otherwise people would be like, Oh, whatever procedural. But when you're like, Oh, I want to see that Ray Rice case. (laughs) come to life yeah okay yeah gotta watch watch the Gamergate episode exactly exactly and I think they do a really good job of also like meshing them together so that you get like something new and exciting (laughs) I I love SVU a lot (laughs) I really Um, yeah (laughs) it's still I can't believe it's still it's still firing on on most of its cylinders I know I have fallen deeply deeply in love with it again because like I, I think the summer is usually when it happens for me because I I'm either like at home watching it on marathon mm-hmm. format on USA or I'm like this summer where it's like all on Netflix and I'm like I'm in <laughs> it's just the perfect time of year to binge watch it and like catch up on all of it I don't know. and I don't feel that way about like CI or the original Law & Order it's something yeah. really special about SVU yeah also, there are so many Broadway people in it. Yeah. <laughs> Literally every it's episode like, of, like, Broadway, also, Broadway. Yeah, Broadway. <laughs> it's either Broadway or Orange is the New Black. Yes. Sometimes the it's same. Amazing. <laughs> They're the same yeah. person. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, so, the rest of my notes are really about sort of, like, rape culture and how it's manifested in media and life, sort of. With a couple of like pop culture examples. Okay, go for it. Um, do not remember this, but when I was looking, when I was researching this, there's a rape joke on Thirty Rock, which is like terrible. Really? <laughs> it's like thirty seconds long. It's 
like the season opener of season five or something where Pete um, is talking about how he's like, I had sex with my wife this morning and she was asleep, so I really got to go to town. Oh. And it was just like, oh, and then they cut to like a flashback and you just see her asleep snoring, like bouncing and hitting her head against the headboard. And it was like, oh no, like what? I didn't, and the fact that I didn't even remember that and at the time I was just like, okay, like Mm -hmm. yeah. And then when I was like, when I, I just read an article describing it and I was like, I don't remember this, let me look up the scene. And so I just like Googled it and the, the clip on YouTube was like, hilarious 30 Rock joke, or whatever. Oh. <laughs> and that's yep. how it was referenced, and so that was a bit of a bummer. But just, like, rape jokes in general, like, I, a couple years ago, there was, I think it was, a, there was a lot more talked about, which is just, like, meetings doing rape jokes, and rape jokes, and stuff like that, and how, how it just, it can pretty much never work, but I, they, there was this one clip I found of Wanda Sykes doing stand-up routine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it was brilliant, basically, for the most part. It was like, she talked about, her idea was the idea of detachable vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> and basically what she was getting at was just removing yourself, like taking your womanhood and setting it aside. And she was like, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be great? Imagine like I come home and it's dark outside and I think, gosh, I really want to go for a run, but I don't know. I know, I can just... To tap, like, take off my, my vagina, and then I can go for a run. And it was just like, she's literally saying, like, I can just, as soon as I detach, as soon as I'm not a woman, I can feel safe, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was just like so brilliant. So it's like, if you are gonna make a rape joke, it should it should be like that, like dismantling rape culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, and then mostly how we're just taught that women have to protect ourselves, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, talk about response to survivors, uh, fraternities, uh, blurred lines. I'm just oh sort of listing God. things that are emblematic of rape culture. Yes. Uh, ads where women are super sexualized and treated like objects. Mm-hmm. Uh, people defending celebrities who rape, basically. Mm-hmm. Woody Allen, sort of thing. Yeah. I found this really interesting study where they, they, um, they like, ask men and women, how, like, do you feel safe walking around your neighborhood at night, basically? Mm-hmm. And they looked at, like, the difference. There was pretty much always a difference between men and women, women feeling, saying no most of the time, that they don't feel safe. The biggest gap between men and women was New Zealand, of all places. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. It was like this huge gap between men were like, oh yeah, I feel great. And women are like, no, pretty much never. And then, so there was this great quote from it where it said, physical security is fundamental, a fundamental prerequisite for women's empowerment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of what we're getting at with this topic is if you don't feel safe just walking around in your world, (laughs) in in your city, in your neighborhood, then how can you, like, do anything else? Like, ugh, how can yeah. people it's so true. advance? It's so true. Because, like, you think of all the opportunities you would miss if you're not going to go outside. 
Like that's the end of it, really. It's like if you're not if you're not comfortable going outside at night, you're not going to do things at night. Think of all the things that happen at night that you are missing, you know? Yeah. Or so the other day I was on the subway and I <laughs> there so there were four <laughs> men in a row and they were all Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've heard this. Were they manspreading? Heard the story before. Wait, you have to listen. Okay, so they were manspreading, and they were all sitting row. And I was like, "How? I am not as a woman going to insert myself in between two of these men and be like, excuse me, let my little flat butt sit in between you, and then feel yeah. uncomfortable for the rest of my ride, even though I'd rather sit down for ten stops." And so, in the end, you just end up standing there staring at these men who are taking up a ton of mm-hmm. space. And the other day, I texted right. you because I was on the subway, and I'm like, I'm in a car completely filled with women. And I was so excited because every seat was filled, everybody had their bags on their laps, and there were women of all kinds, and I was just like, ideal civilization yeah. right now. <laughs> uh, it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I think the only other notes I have were Julie told me that she, over the weekend, was talking with a bunch of people, including Zach's mom, mm-hmm. about Game of Thrones, oh, yeah. and she was like, like the, the, his mom was like, oh, I love, I love that show, it's so great, and Julie was like, you know, I, I gave up on it, like, I'm not watching it anymore, and uh, she was like, don't you think, like, all the violence against women is just, like, unnecessary, and, like, look at it, the show really isn't that great, and all that stuff, basically all the stuff we've been saying on the yeah. podcast, and, and they were like, it, and apparently they came up, you know, it was the same argument of, oh, well, that's just the way it is, you know, in, in, in that world, and then Julie was amazing, and she was like, well, you know, they created that, <laughs> like, they didn't have to create it like that, and they don't have to keep it that way, mm-hmm. and everyone apparently around her was like, oh. I never thought of it yeah. that way. Like, of course. Like, it's a fictional world. Like, I just love that. <laughs> I love, I love any time you can be like, oh, right. wait, yeah. but rape isn't an inevitable part yeah. of life. Like, rape isn't a necessary part of mm-hmm. culture. Like, that's stupid. Like, <laughs> it's so exciting, I feel like, when you can when you learn that for the first time and when you can teach other people that for the first time. Yeah. Like, no, like, this is, does not have to be a part of our world. Yeah. And all you have to do is just think about it a little bit, which is not hard. And, like, mm-hmm. there, there's so many things that, like, if you just think about it, you're like, who let this happen? Why does why does this have to happen? <laughs> like, I had that moment the other day with Taylor Swift's new Wildest Dreams video. And I was like, oh, super playing into colonialism and how awful colonialism is. <laughs> Taylor, why did this happen? <laughs> just like, yeah, you're, you know, there's so many moments where you just, if you just consume the media rather than just like letting it brush by you, if you actually sit there and you think about it, you're like, mm-hmm. um, this is not okay. Or this is great. Whatever yeah. it is, you just think about it a little bit. Like that was the last thing I have on my list is I went through the top grossing movies list And I just wanted to see, just to be like, I wonder how many women are victims or assaulted in these top grossing movies. And so I just did the top five for 
top all-time grossing and then top five with inflation. So top five grossing uh-huh. all-time money earning. Avatar, which I was like, that one it passes okay, except for, again, colonialism, which... <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And Sigourney Weaver's character gets killed, but she's that's okay, you know. Uh, number two is Titanic. Also, it's just kind of a terrible movie. Yeah. Uh, Titanic is number two, <laughs> and so that is... Rose almost commits suicide in the beginning of that movie because she is... Her fiancé is abusive, both emotionally and physically. So that's not a good one. Uh, for women. Number yeah. three, I was super surprised at this, is Jurassic World all of a sudden is top three movies Holy of shit. all time. <laughs> all time. And Jesus. we know about that one, but mostly I'm really upset because Katie, McGrath char- Katie McGrath's character was torn limb from limb by some dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> gratuitously. And then number four is Furious 7, <laughs> which I was super happy about. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. And then number five is Avengers Age of Ultron, which everybody knows that has listened to our other podcasts that we are upset with Black Widow's portrayal, her capture, her backstory, and Scarlet Witch's, uh, the experiments done on her and her brother. And so then the top grossing with inflation, number one is still Gone with the Wind, and that one has marital rape in it, which a lot of people still uh, debate about if it was rape or if it was not. Um, although she does no. say no a lot. So, <laughs> and then... You just, I just, you got, I just feel like at a certain point, if there's a question mm-hmm. about it... It, it is. Isn't that, like, the definition? Like, if it's unclear yeah. if she's consenting or not, that's not yeah. consent. Yep. Like, it's just, it, I just love the idea that, like, oh, that's a little gray yeah. area. I just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was... How I feel about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Um, so, do we? Think... I think all I had, except I had written Doctor Who, teaching people about friend zone, hard oh, to get, and where yeah, friend zone. We should do a whole episode on yeah. friend zone, actually. We, we could do that, and I would love to tie in Doctor yeah. Who with the idea of just wear someone down until they learn. Let's them. do that once the new season starts airing, because. I am excited slash okay. horrified to start watching again. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a that'll be a, like a reason for me to actually watch yeah. it because I'll, we'll have to talk about it. On yeah, the show because otherwise I'm I so uninterested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God, and, and which I've been saying for the last two yeah, years. Yeah, me too. I might add. It's all that. it's all your fault. Like that's my last. <laughs> you keep peer pressuring me to watch it. <laughs> uh, Just so. I know. Anyway, I have a recommendation for okay. you, but you should go first. Okay, well, I have uh, I have one, but I it's not, it's kind of weird. It's an app. <laughs> um, oh, great. So, you might not say great after I tell you, because I don't know if this is something you care about, but <laughs> it's called Clue, and it's for tracking your period. <laughs> oh! So... I used to use this app called Woman's Log or whatever because it was recommended to me by Emily Nagoski, who's like top of the bestseller list right now for sex-related books. She taught at Smith, and we mm. I, we both took classes with her, right? Mm-hmm. And I saw her book. No, I didn't take a oh, class. Oh, I took um, one of, a swag class with her, but she came she came to a tea at oh, Lamont nice. that I. Well, anyway, she's like number one bestseller right now for sex-themed books. It's about like getting to know your body and all that. Whatever. 
But she recommended this app that I've been using for years. It was for tracking your um, your period, and it crashed the other day. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna look to see if there are any other ones now that apps have become more of a thing. And I found one called Clue, mm-hmm. which is awesome because it has like places like just like bonus stuff, so you can put like how you're feeling and like you. It's super slick. Like it's just like a really nice looking app, and it's. I would just recommend looking at it on the iTunes store and seeing if it's something you'd be interested in because I know it's something I always like to have mm-hmm. if I'm, like, planning a trip. I'm like, how many pads am I going to need? Whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. But right, it's nice to have, and I think it's something that all ladies might be interested in. So, clue, yeah. That's it. Awesome. Yeah. I, I've been... I Well, I, I have an app that is, like, a Swiss Army knife app or whatever, and it has, like, all these different things, and one of them was a period mm-hmm. tracker. I never used it until, I think, last month, I was like, I should enter this in, and then try it, and then I haven't had my period since, so I, <laughs> I don't have any data well, in there. I never Now's the perfect it. time to do Clue, because you can also get push notifications, and it'll tell you, like, oh, you're expected to get your period in two days, or whatever. Yeah. So. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Great. I feel like I'm an ad for Clue, but <laughs> yeah, it really. I mean, that's what we do at the end of these. I know. Things. We're basically we, an ad. We, <laughs> we're just a little ad. Um, I mean, I felt like that. I was I was telling like two people that I had gotten Blue Apron, and I ended up talking about it for like five to ten minutes, and I literally was like, "Why isn't there a camera here? Like, we're literally having that conversation, <laughs> that fake conversation." That there was like a commercial for birth control a couple years ago where it was like women at a nightclub yes. talking for about yes. birth control and they're like wow you sure know a lot about side effects she's like I didn't get that MD for nothing <laughs> and it was like this ridiculously fake casual conversation about like this specific brand of birth control yeah. but I was doing the same thing with Blue Apron the other day so <laughs> it really is like real Maybe life it happens <laughs> yeah uh. but my recommendation is an HBO stand up special Tig Notaro's latest special. I definitely want to watch um, that. It's called Boyish Girl Interrupted, and it is amazing. Like, I don't want to, like, overhype it because what if you don't like it as much as I do? But I laughed so hard, and she she has such great jokes about constantly being mistaken for a man, especially after she's gotten her double uh-huh. mastectomy. And, like, she just does this whole bit where she talks about the TSA lady, like, feeling her up and being so confused. It was amazing. <laughs> and then she just, like, uh, she had, she had, like, told this terrible pun at one point where it, the audience, you could literally, you heard someone go, oh! <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> they were so, like, taken aback by it. It was, like, everything I ever wanted in a stand-up uh. special. It's so fun like I finished watching it and five minutes later I was like I want to watch that again <laughs> like <laughs> let's watch that right oh, now perfect so it's called Boyish Girl Interrupted it's on HBO should, um, uh, HBO should I also watch Tig on Netflix I watched uh-huh. that um, if if you don't know like exactly what happened to her I do. a couple years ago with all the four yeah. things like if you if you don't really know the specifics of it, it's a lot more interesting. Um, it's cute and it's endearing and it's a it's a nice use of time. But I, yeah, I mean, I would recommend it. But not as much as the stand up. Don't like you don't need not as much as the stand up. The stand up 
that's where, like, it, but it does kind of enrich the stand-up, because in the documentary she was talking about how she was, like, after all that, she was being hailed as, like, the best comedian ever, like, so amazing, and they would be bringing her on stage, and she's like, I don't have anything to do. <laughs> like, I can't keep telling, like, cancer yeah. jokes, but, like, what am I anymore? And so it's just, like, you see, like, months of her, like, bombing and stuff like that. So when you see the stand-up special, you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, she found it. And it's, like, also, like, a, the documentary is, like, a beautiful little love story. Where, because it, it follows her, like, being friends with her, her now fiancé. Oh. And then them, like, ultimately getting together. So it's really okay, cute. Okay, cool. All right, I'm in. Yeah. Well, I hope this episode wasn't too much of a downer. Do we have a joke to end on from Zach? Yeah, actually, Zach, uh, he had messaged me one. It's on my iTunes, so I'll edit it in, but I won't be able to play it for you oh. so that you can, well, so we can laugh at should it. should I do some fake so. laughing right now? I'll pretend. I'm going to think of a Yeah, rant. should we? <laughs> I, I texted a pun the other day to Kyle, which was because he texted me a pun about some, uh, something vegetable related and I, I forget now but I responded with where have you stringed bean all my life <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> so anyway you can use that laugh if you want at the end to edit that in <laughs> okay <laughs> or not cut out some really specific laughs and it'll just like cackle at the end and then and then you can really tackle the most of my own jokes, so you know. <laughs> yeah, it'll be really excessive for yeah, someone yeah, else. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, well, play a sound, Zach. Hey, Rebecca. I wanted to let you know about this great new business idea I had. What is it, Zach? Well, I'm starting a restaurant where I cook miniature versions of seafood dishes. Oh, how is that going? It's going okay. You know, it's not really getting that big, so um, I feel like I'm just destined for greater things, you know, like I have bigger fish to fry. All right, I'll talk to you later.